What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We are two artsy bitches learning about what makes art good and bad and how to talk about it and why to talk about it and when to talk about it and who to talk about it with. The answer is each other. Yes. Okay. It's been a while. Oh my god, hi. It's been a while. This is going to be part update and why we've been gone for so long and like part episode. It's like a hybrid. It was like a month and a half. I love that like we recorded in person and then the energy was so strong that we had to take a break. Yeah, it was like too good (laughs) all at once. We couldn't harness it. The real answer is like, your life has been its own thing. But for me, it was I moved to an extremely remote island and I work 10 to 14 day long weeks and rest never. I learned how to milk a cow. That is a useful skill to have. And I have the biggest human titties on the entire island. <laughs> of everyone. Hello. How, what about you? Why did <laughs> We've just been, like, very... Oh, why did, why did I fall off the face of the earth? Oh, my God. Danica texted me and to make sure I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> the semester was ending, and so I was wrapping up a few things. And I have one more semester left of college ever unless i go to grad school which i don't know if that's gonna happen but one more semester left of nyu ever i went home for two weeks that was really nice i got to hang out with my family and then and then kind of like refocused on some other things that i was like working on then i was like i should get back to that because that's actually what i care about doing so recentering we were recentering mercury just went into retrograde but we're in gemini and i'm a gemini rising so like i'm a gemini moon so this is our time. This we're was fine. we were supposed to come back now. Yeah, this like, is this okay. This is supposed to happen. <laughs> Can now. I tell you a fun fact about? Yes. So, um, my brother and I have the exact same base chart, which is Virgo, Sun, Gemini, Moon, Pisces, Rising. And I recently met another person who has that exact same base chart, which means I've met two people with the exact chart that I have. I don't know anyone that has my chart. It's like statistically improbable. And I don't have any Virgo placements. Yeah, that's absurd. That's absurd, because you're such a Virgo. I don't, that's why I tell you, I'm telling you, it don't make sense. Like, it don't make sense. You're not like other girls. You're not like other girls. I'm not even a girl. (laughs) Neither of us are like other girls. So what are you snacking on? What's popping? Oh my god. Okay, I don't know why. When I was home, my friend Alyssa and I, hi Alyssa, watched WandaVision, and then for the next week, I was just like, I'll just put on a Marvel movie. So I just watched probably all of them again, like, within the last, like, two weeks, because I would just, like, throw one on. And they were fun. It was fun. And then last night, Beanie and I watched the new Zack Snyder movie on Netflix called Army of the Dead, and it's a zombie movie. I love zombie movies. Okay. It was, like, there were elements of it that I was like, this is a dope movie, because it's a, it's a heist in vegas but a zombie apocalypse has happened that's hot what i assume the pitch meeting was was it's oceans 11 and Shaun of the dead but concept awesome in execution like a six out of ten no no but like there are some elements that i was like that's so dope there was a zombie white tiger because in vegas it was cool it was so cool but then like there was other parts that i was like oh that could have been cut that should have been cut and i think that's the problem what happens when 
men have too much power is like they never ask for help on a draft and then they don't cut anything yeah and then that's the draft that gets made and then like no one's ever like hey maybe that like storyline could have gotten cut that was weird it just was like oh so perfect and it's like now that movie exists and there's no way to make a better version of it because it's the final draft I feel like since studying writing, I watch movies, and a lot of times I watch a scene and I'll be like, they should have cut that. They should have cut that. That was bad exposition. That was, like, something I recently did was, like, go through an old script that, like, one of my quote-unquote done scripts and, like, marked, like, scenes that I liked that were necessary to the plot, scenes that I didn't like that were necessary to the plot, scenes that I liked but weren't necessary to the plot, and scenes that I didn't like and weren't necessary to the plot. And it was a nice exercise. I think writers should do that. Writers. And I guess maybe this isn't interesting. A lot of people asked us to talk about, like, art making and, like, how we function as artists. But I feel like my favorite artists are the ones, like, to be an artist is to, like, think that you're, like, you've got stuff that's important enough to say. But then the other step is that you have to be humble and collaborative and open enough which is another kind of like sect of vulnerability to then be like okay this thing is good I have good ideas but also like letting people into that allow it to morph and change and I think like a lot of people who have platforms right now whether that's like a Zack Snyder it's like the auteur vibes then you get a lot of art that's like cool and like interesting but then nothing that like has that kind of like lovely open collaboration that I get when like you and I make something. One of the things that's so cool about reading the press coverage of Sour is listening to Olivia Rodrigo talk about collaborating with her producer and like listening Mm -hmm. to them have a conversation about like what a collaboration on a song looks like. Like there's a really cool interview of them talking about driver's license. Yeah I saw What I love is that it's so um, respectful of like Olivia being, like, a a creator and, like, being a writer and having a voice and, like, a real presence in her music, but also respectful of the producer and the fact that they're a team of people. Like, they're not, they're not just, like, Olivia Rodrigo is not just, like, a lone wolf, like, floating through the pop industry. Yeah, and I think her and Billie Eilish are very good at, like, demystifying a lot of, like, music making. Because, like, her and her brother, like, do stuff and they've, they've filmed, you know, themselves, like, talking about, like, how they put something together. And I think that they make it feel, like, a lot more accessible. Not just, like, oh, anybody can do it, but that, like, it do- it's not... It's not, like, magic. Yeah, that, that, like, then you have to, like, get into the industry to, like, be bestowed upon. Yeah. Truly, I think, like, hiding stuff about music production and all of this stuff, about theater and about movies, it's a tool, it's a tool of elitism, makes people think that they just don't have what it takes, but in reality, if you want what it takes, then you already have what it takes. So good. I got, I literally got goosebumps. (laughs) Can I just, we're literally in snacks and we're already popping up, like, nothing's um, happened yet. What are you snacking? I have, like, two, like, pretentious agriculture things and then like okay i can't stop listening to kiss me more i want more songs exactly like it i want the exact vibes of that song in other in all other songs so if anyone wants to like give me the exact vibes that that song exudes i have been 
scrounging through Spotify looking for songs with the vibes and like they'll be like the top pop songs and I'll be like these aren't the vibes and then it'll be like a lot of like Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion and I'm like yeah like great songs but like this is not the vibe like the vibe is like it's like dreamy but it's also sexy mm. it's relaxing and bright and I feel at peace but also like fucking something like I just yeah if someone could tell me how to achieve those vibes um so that's like my light one um in like kind of more intellectual vibes uh I've been reading The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan mm. and also yes. I've been reading a lot of poetry by Wendell Berry mm. and those are both really big names in agriculture and botany um they're both white guys and sometimes it shows and especially in The Omnivore's Dilemma but if you're if you're looking or if you don't spend all of your time obsessing about like where food comes from, which is what I do, um, you should read The Omnivore's Dilemma because it's it's a really like thorough breakdown of the origins of the American industrialized agriculture system, which sounds boring, but it's actually really interesting and sexy. That's sexy. Anyway. That's sexy. Speaking of being sexy, let's talk about the sexiest part of this podcast. Let's get a let's get a move on. Ooh, this is uncharted territory, folks. We've never done an album. An album. Which I prefer doing an album to a person. To a person. I think we should Same. do more albums. I've got lots of albums I'd love to cover. Yeah, I agree. You know what? How about we just talk and then at the very end we'll decide whether or not we do a bitch meter. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool. All right, fellas, gang, gather around while I tell you what these episodes are. Uh, this episode, like most of our episodes, is made up of four parts. Bitch what, an introduction to what the heck we're talking about. Bitch how, a technical rundown of how it succeeds and fails as a piece of art. Bitch time, which is three minutes of us not being smart and only being stupid. And finally, bitch why, which is a sum up of the implications and why all of it matters. And then maybe we'll do a bitch meter we can't decide. We're, we're on the fence. Maybe the by fence. talking through our thoughts and feels, we will come to the bitch meter. Sometimes you discover things as you're making them, gang. What are we talking about? Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you asked because this week we're talking about Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Freshman album, uh, what's it called, debut album? debut album it's sour i'm gonna say how did i first come across this i listened to nothing but driver's license for a week in january yeah i'm like fully fully bought into the hype of driver's license i'm 100 percent. i feel like we were allowed to do that and then we compared the hunger games prequel book to the driver's license of Books. books then i did a mashup of the scene from new moon where bella is sitting in her bedroom and the camera's going around her and i set it to driver's license so like i'm pretty sure this is an olivia rodrigo stan podcast this, yeah I'm we so sorry. clearly stand i've never seen high school musical the musical what i want to watch it i've heard oh it's, it's good. so good i've heard the second season is not as good I am a high school musical stan, like a hardcore high school musical stan. I'm also a high school musical stan. I just, I, I heard from some people the second season is like really musical theater-y to like a point that is kind of exhausting. Mm. But the first season didn't feel that way. And I think it's because of the thing we talked about in the High School Musical episode is that like High School Musical makes musical theater feel accessible. And then that's the, that's one of the big problems with High School Musical 3. 
is that when you watch High School yeah. Musical 3, a lot of what it's about, because it was the movie that Kenny Ortega got to have, like, the most creative freedom, it was a lot about him playing homage to, like, theater tropes, and it doesn't yeah. read as well as a movie because of that. Yeah. It's, like, sometimes the first thing people make when they have the least resources and they have to do the most to make it work is the best thing. It's the best thing. But also yeah. sometimes the second movie is the best thing. Yeah. I think that that's probably the same budget. For both the first and the second yeah. one. But no, you're right. Anyway, let's just talk about bitch, Sour. Bitch, what? So yeah, that's how we came across it. I mean, I guess what's the breakdown of this album? It's like, it's like eight songs. Super short. So I'll just... So it's 11 songs. It's 11 songs, starting with Brutal, ending with Hope You're Okay. All of them are like in all lowercase, and there's some numbers instead that's of... That's cute. And like shortening of your to you are it's very like it feels very of the time she's very like a gen z artist and i feel like you oh, and totally. i are both really cusp gen z millennials i think you're maybe mm -hmm. more of a millennial than i am and i'm maybe more of a gen z than you are yeah i guess so because like we're so yeah. on the cusp that even though we're not that far apart in age like that like little time this is how i feel with me and my siblings because my siblings are so much more zoomer than i am or it should just go to Bitch How. Yeah, welcome to Bitch How, it's time. This is Bitch How! We talk about how the thing succeeds or fails as a piece of art. I will be the first to say, probably not the last, that I think it succeeds tremendously. I kind of wanted to talk about it because I feel like some of the songs, I'm like, you are saying something like, saying something like you are articulating something that i have not yet articulated and mm -hmm. some of these i was like mm. yeah valid i think that like someone wrote like a thing and the title of it was like olivia rodrigo has simply allowed everyone to have their feelings yeah and i think that the timing of this just perfect like i think the in every song whether like no matter how you feel about each song like i think she can encapsulate this thing that we were all feeling like we were having a lot of nostalgia in the pandemic. Like, I was in my Twilight feelings. Like, people were in all of their, like, whatever, YA, anything that they was- I was like, in my gender-bent Twilight feelings. You were in your gender-bent Twilight feelings. <laughs> like, anything that people had to hold on to from, like, childhood or teenagehood. I think this came at the exact right time for anyone from, like, 45 and under to be like, wow, I really miss- being a teenager, which I don't miss being a teenager, but these feelings and this song and like same as Twilight, same as all these other things we keep like reaching back to just allowed us to have our feelings in a moment that was like really difficult for a lot of people. It does feel like kind of like the teenage catharsis I never had. <laughs> yeah, agree. Okay, I'm going to say my never skips. Okay. And then I'm going to say my sometimes, sometimes skips. skips. And then I'm going to say my, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, okay. I'm not, there's should, no, like, should, How about I say the song name and then you tell me what you think? Yeah, I've got the, I've got the album up right now and we can just read through it and we can be like, okay, so, so the <laughs> cancel is never skip, sometimes skip. Sometimes skip. And uh, I don't know. And IDK, bro. IDK, bro. Okay, Okay. Cool. Brutal. Brutal. Never, never skip. skip. Never, never skip. Never skip. I can never skip. Brutal goes hard. I think, okay, Brutal's so cool. I love the angst. I really love the angst. I think that there's, like, a lot of self-awareness in that song. 
um, about, like, exploitation and, like, her place in this industry. Who am I if not exploited? Like, Who am fuck. I if not exploited? Like, that's pretty Me sick. too, the fuck? And, like, very cool that she gets to curse, uh, like, throughout this whole album. Ten years ago, this would never be allowed. Like, a Miley Cyrus at that age could have never done this. Or, like, a... Even Zendaya at that age could have never done. Like, it's just cool. Yeah, this this song I feel like most encapsulates the biggest success of this album for me, which is like, this is an album that's about giving, like celebrating being a teenage girl, giving teenage girls full permission to feel everything that they're feeling. I feel like I don't know a lot of pieces of media that are so much like unapologetically about and for teenage girls. And I feel like yeah. Whenever you see a piece of media that's, like, for teenage girls, it's always kind of embarrassed about that. It's always kind of like, yeah. Twilight. Like, Twilight and, like, One Direction's like, One Direction. Like, look, what like, we've really been talking about a lot recently. Early Taylor Swift albums. Like, those guys are so embarrassed. Like, fucking YouTubers. Like, all, like, from, like, that, like, Dan and Phil. Like, I remember being, like, okay, I can't tell everybody I like this. Like, I'm gonna get clowned. Like... What's interesting is, like, it allows teenage girls to have their feelings, and somehow, because this album has reached mainstream success, it also kind of breaks the idea that, like, only teenage girls have these feelings. Yeah, everyone gets to be a teenage girl. Everybody gets to be- that's the name of the episode. Everybody's a teenage girl, Everybody gets to be a teenage girl, and I think that is encapsulated in the SNL skit, when- when all of the men- Reggae Jean Page is, like, they're crying to driver's license, because- and they even, like, explicitly say, like, oh man, I'm like, I'm not- like, this song isn't making me sad, and then they're, like, dancing and crying, and, like, that is really cool. Yeah. That's just cool. Anyway, okay. so track two, traitor. I never girl. skip. Really? What? Oh my god! I really okay. My high school experience, like I was cheated on a lot in one relationship I had. I like that it balances this idea of like, okay, well you didn't cheat on me technically, so I can't call you a cheater, which did also happen to me. <laughs> so I can't no. call you a cheater. It's fine. I'm fine. It's still wanting to like give it a name. And I like that she grapples with that feeling. But maybe it's a sometimes skip because it's a song that's really like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like if I get too close to one of these songs, like I'll just cry for hours. Yeah. So maybe it's a sometimes skip. Actually. Maybe it's just that it doesn't hit for me. Like, I think it kind of hits on a lot of like the tropes of straight relationships that I don't like. That well, I feel weird yeah, about. Yeah, it's very straight, this album. <laughs> yeah, although the Jennifer's Body references. So, like, like this idea that, like, you're not allowed to have friends who are girls and, like, that kind of thing. Like, like you were talking to her. But you have a feeling when you're with someone and they start talking to a person and then that, and then your partner makes you feel crazy yeah. for being like, hey, what is that? What's going on? And they're like, you're crazy, nothing happened. And it, even if technically nothing happened while you guys were in the relationship, if something happened right after... That's still some kind of betrayal. Yeah. But we're never allowed to talk about that because then sometimes people go too far. Like, I see this a lot where people are like, that's a form of abuse, which is it. It is not a form of abuse. Um, I totally agree. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she articulates it better in a later song. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It gave, it gave me some catharsis that I didn't have. And if it gives you catharsis. It's valid. It's valid. Okay. Next song. 
Driver's license. Never, never skip. skip. Fucking, why would you never ever skip, skip this song? You can driver's never license? skip this song. Driver's license is the master of specificity makes something better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The storytelling is like, wow, chef's kiss. It's perfect. It's beautiful. The the production We've, we've already discussed this song You know to how death. we feel about driver's license. It's perfect. Okay. It's obvious. It's a never skip. Okay, one step forward, three steps back. Never skip. IDK, bro. Really? I think this song is the better version of Traitor. Oh, I see what you mean because it's kind of going through like specific And I also instances. think it and Traitor low-key sound kind of the same. They do. I think, okay, interesting. I guess you're either a Traitor person or a one step forward, three steps back person i also think like this is this is like i don't think this is like gonna be a good thing for you but i kind of liked it is that it samples um champagne problems and i like no the, new year's day is it new year's day mm-hmm. oh okay i like the like passing of the torch i think that's sweet mm. and i like kind of like the nod the intergenerational nod of like remember when we weren't allowed to be a teenage girl like you kind of are one of the pioneers of having an unapologetically emotional and like teenage girl album yeah i agree i i think if taylor swift and this was kind of the the thesis of the taylor swift episode is that taylor swift marks kind of exactly like where white feminism has been in every stage this album i don't think we can we can like assign it to any kind of like movement at all but i do think the allowance of not just white women to have their feelings but everyone to have their feelings is interesting to me yeah i do feel like this is more universal like i feel like everyone is listening to sour and like feeling shit yeah but i liked the i liked the nod i think that was I like, like the a, nod i agree. i think metatextually i think it worked really well yeah i think like there's a couple lines in like this that like i'm the love of your life until you make me mad men mm-hmm. being emotionally volatile and not knowing how to handle that I'm not going to mention this man's name that this album is mostly about, but, like, fuck. Like, if I was him and this Yo. came out, I don't know. His PR Apparently team must friends. be doing double time. I'm sure they're fine. It's art. He, he probably like, got to hear it before it came out. We We kind of, like separate abusive relationships and bad relationships and i think this mm-hmm. album kind of lives in the gray area of bad relationships of that, and yeah. abusive relationships that is just men being men yeah and i think like they're also like what do you have to admit about what happened to you in order to heal from it yeah like you know especially with someone who you still care about mm-hmm. being like how do i cope with the emotional damage of being with you when i still care about you This seems to me, like, because it's so specific, but also very universal, is that, like, a lot of people who have dated men, especially, like, in their youth, have had this experience. It kind of reminds me of, like, when Aziz Ansari got in trouble for the thing he did, which was, like, just trying to get a woman to drink more so that they could have sex, which, like... Then when that got called abuse, all like a lot of men were like, okay, well, if that, if we admit that that's abuse, then like I've also abused women because I've done the same thing. Obviously that's on like a much more intense scale, but you have that kind of like, once you call that thing abusive, then you have to talk about like why it's so pervasive in, in the way men treat women. Like, this is just, like, a thing that happens a lot, and it's, and it's like, where, when does it start, and then where is the place where we can, like, combat it before it persists? Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Anyway, wow. Um, next We're song? Deja, Deja Vu. Vu. 
Never, never skip. S- fucking never skip. Never skip. Okay, the little ha 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 ha. <laughs> I think she did a great job of picking the singles. Oh yeah. Love the dreaminess of Deja Vu. Yeah. Um, I like that music video a lot. I think that the Deja Vu music video and the driver's license music video really take from TikTok. Like they feel like I've, I've been like on TikTok for a while. I was on like Film Talk and there were a lot of people making short films just for the platform of TikTok, just as you could like the ratio was for TikTok specifically, which I thought was really cool. And it felt like like those music videos felt like they could just like live on TikTok, which I think is really cool. I think she's really like really savvy with how she's kind of curated this first album. Yeah, I I mean, the only other thing I have to add is I like that, like, I think this song, this whole album feels like I'm, like, walking through someone's brain. Yeah. Next song? Good for you. Good for you. Never Never, skip it. Never skip. I would never skip it. Never skip. I have a baby hot take about the music video. I think, and, and maybe I can get all my Taylor Swift thoughts out, too, now, Like, Taylor Swift really tried to, like, explore what it means to be a bad girl with reputation. I don't think she succeeded. That is my take about that. I think Olivia also kind of went on the same journey to explore, like, this kind of, like, Avril Lavigne, very, like, paramour thing. And I think she gets it in sound. And I think she gets it in, like, performance. But I wish, and I love the music video, I like the references a lot, I wish the music video was a little less clean. It looks really clean production-wise, and I just wish, because like I watched a lot of Avril Lavigne music videos recently with Beanie for some reason, we just were like, let's watch some Avril Lavigne music videos. There's just some element from that music video that's kind of missing in that like there's a lot of empty space like in, in the music video, and I was like, this could have felt messier like allow her to be messier in that way i do feel like though that the music video was kind of like her being like i am a good girl and a bad girl at the same time these are the same thing right the coexistence of like the cleanness and the cheerleaderness with the like i'm gonna burn a house down i felt like that kind of was what the song is about I agree, but like if you go to one end of the spectrum, I want you to go all the way to the other That's end. That's T. So then when she burns the shit down, I was like, make that look like Jennifer's body actually. I grew up on Paramore. Like a lot of people have been comparing this song to Misery Business. It, it also does kind of sound like Misery Business. People mash it up on TikTok. That garage band kind of feel i just wanted her to live in that a little bit longer and like that's that's a taste thing but i do think she did get a lot closer in that like what does it mean when a good girl goes a little bad she did it a lot better than taylor which is why i just don't love the taylor's of comparisons comparisons while i'm also doing them but i do think i just think that she did it better like a damn sociopath all right, next song is okay. enough for you. Ivy Sometimes skip. Okay, all right. I'm not going to lie. I actually don't know. Like, I've been listening to this album all day on repeat. I, I don't remember what the song sounds like. And that's why I have to say IDK, bro. That one is a sometimes skip. It kind of lives in the same place as like one step forward, three steps back, which it sounds kind of like it's a little too 
slow for me. Oh, yeah. That's the one where it's like I wore makeup because, sorry, I just listened to the like first little bit. No, no, I um, know you, you know, you're good. Okay, I'm, I'm changing it to a sometimes skip. I like talking about the stupid shit you do that you're embarrassed about to make someone you're into into you. And it's embarrassing. And I do think she goes through like all the stages of a breakup, but sometimes some of the lines are like, you found someone more exciting the next second you were gone. I'm like, okay, we've covered that in a few songs. Like we've we've done that a few times. Valid though, she's going through this breakup. It's really rough. When I saw her do the SNL performance and she sang Driver's License, it looked to me like she was like still in it. And, like, one could be a testament to how amazing of a performer she is. But also, like, you know when, like, an artist, when you're watching them do something and you're, like, wondering if they're doing it safely and you're like, ooh, are you good? Like, an like actor. Like Kesha's performance of praying at the Grammys? Yeah. Or, like, people in our acting classes when they go a little far and you're like, and you're like hold like, up. Are you good? Are you going <laughs> to, yeah. like, have a breakdown after you finish this scene? Or are you going to just be able to, like, pop out of it? And I think because once she's young and also, like, this, that first song, Driver's License, just got so huge that I think she had to really, like, the second live performance of that song that she would have done had to go all out. But I was like, ooh, like, you're a baby. Like, you're just a little baby. And you're, like, the still feeling all of these feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that some of the stuff covered in Enough For You has been covered better. It's been said and better. It's been said. Um, next song is Happier. Never, Never skip. skip. Yeah. Happier is one of the ones where I was like, this articulates something that I have not been able to articulate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Genius. It's genius. I hope you're I, happy, I just but, like but don't be not, happier. Don't be happier. I want to be yeah. the best thing you've ever had. I want to be the best thing I want to be the one had. that got away. Yeah. That's the vibe. Okay. Jealousy, jealousy. Some never time. skip really i just so, like the hook. i think it's a banger like it's listening banger. to the music i'm like oh, never yeah. skip like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh i it's think fun. the message is kind of cliche i mean it's about like comparing yourself to people and like watching like a really conventionally attractive skinny person talk about this like it's fine yeah, and like feel your feelings but also like eh, i yeah I don't vibe that much. I mean, the, it's such a bop that it makes up for the fact that I'm, like, kind of, eh, about it. So, when that skin thing happened, where Sabrina Carpenter released skin, and it felt like it was exactly a response to driver's license, um, a lot of people talked about, like, this is Sabrina Carpenter attacking a young woman of color, and, like, we should be focused on that. And I was like, okay, she's also conventionally attractive. And also, like, has, like, Eurocentric features. And I don't know if, like, this is the... Like, I don't think that this is the instance to have the conversation about white women, like, attacking women of color. I think we... I think we can have that conversation somewhere else. Elsewhere? Elsewhere. I just think that maybe there's better instances of that conversation. Like when Lana Del Rey was like, I've been talking about sex and abusive relationships for forever. How... And always gotten shit for it. Like, that was maybe a better time to talk about that than this. I agree with you. I do think the message is a little cliche. And also, it is kind of hard to hear from, like... I'm like, yeah, you feel that way? Like, if you feel that way, then, like, I don't even want to I have know. the biggest titties on this whole island, bro. <laughs> Still slaps. And also, like, feel your feels, you know? I don't know. I had a conversation with a conventionally attractive person in my life recently. And they were like, you know, being conventionally attractive doesn't make you happier, feel better. And I'm like... And, and the feeling I had was like... Yeah, but it's a start. 
It's fine. My computer's at 12%, so let's... Oh my god. Okay, next song. Favorite crime? Sometimes. Okay, I was gonna say never. The lyrics to me feel like she can do better. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of why it's a sometimes skip for me, because I'm like, yeah, like, you've got some, like, truly, like, like, you're saying shit songs on this album, and this one's, like, fine, like, it's pretty good. Um, Yeah. I, I don't think this is fully explored in this album, but I'd love an artist to explore it, feeling like you're something that your partner is ashamed of. Ooh. I can hear Paramore in this. I can hear, like, some of that kind of, like, emo grunge sound. And something that I think she she translates really well to her songwriting style is the, the like, stakes of the song. Like, when I listen to My Chemical Romance, like, they talk about, like, like, you feel like you're watching an episode of Umbrella Academy. Like, it is, like, the, like, it is, like, the craziest stakes. Like, it is, like, life or death, but also, like, talk, talking about immortality and, like, otherworldly events, like, vampires and shit. Like, it's, what's interesting about emo music to me is that, like, they're able to, like, take the feelings of being a teenager and everything sucks and then blow it up into, like, but what if we were fighting the government? And I feel like... Olivia Rodrigo did the opposite. You know what I mean? I don't know if... Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, the high stakes of, like, what if we were overthrowing the government? But make it, like, low-key But make it, like, low-key and, like, teenage breakup. Thinking about it, I do think this is an interesting take on a forgiveness song, which I feel like this is the forgiveness song in this album, and I think it's an interesting take on it. I think it's kind of like, yeah, neither of us are really ready to be past this, but I'd still, like... You know, I like you. You are my favorite crime that I've committed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, queen. Yeah. Have you never done a little underage drinking? <laughs> Have you never done a little a tiny crime? A little, a little tiny trespass? Low stakes crime? This is like a major plot point in one of the plays I've written. Committing like a low-key crime. Except for the low-key crime is breaking into a Walmart. She, she just kind of gave me, I guess, what the Gen Z version of emo music is. And there are like emo bands now like pink shift and meet me at the altar which are both fronted by women of color they're both like really great bands but i think that they both don't really sound like my chemical romance would anymore um and also like are of like a new thing and i i think olivia rodrigo kind of has this great middle ground between the taylor swift and Billie eilish and then also the avril lavines and the paramore and the like emo stuff i just yeah think she's cool. doing her own thing Hope You're Okay is the last song on the okay. album. Sometimes. Okay, okay. I think that's a sometimes because it's like so sad. <laughs> like I kind of get it because because if, if the vibe of the album is that it's like what it's like to be inside the brain of a teenage girl, this is kind of like the deepest thought is like, hmm, what all those people that have just faded out of my life. I miss them. But also I feel every time... I hear a song about, like, someone describing, like, things like abuse and, like, trauma, but, like, describing watching other people witnessing it and then, like, Mm. witnessing it from the outside and feeling bad about it. I'm kind of like, it does feel bad, but also, like, it just doesn't feel like your song to write. Because I've kind of been on both sides of that that coin, right? And I feel like if you're going to write about that song, I don't know, because there is something to be said about, like, watching someone experience trauma is hard shit, but also, like, feels weird. Like, the whole vibe of, like, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're 
your horrible abusive situations got better. Yeah, and also, like, really not having, and because you're a teenager or you're just getting out of teenagehood and you're about to be an adult and, like, you've grown apart from all these people, like, from high school and stuff, like, because she is such a specific storyteller, I hope that the people that those songs are about, that the, that part of the song that she took from their lives, I hope that they don't feel exploited. I also feel like this was the least specific song for me. Really? There's like a few lines that are like a, definitely about something that definitely happened to somebody. Yeah, that I was like, but that's like, really specific. Like there's there's like a line where they're like religion. They thought religion was more important than loving their son, and I'm like, this yeah. is such a like GBF song. Yeah, but and I it's, was it's like, like not like I'm not mad at her about it. Like I guess like the thing is is like all of my like little issues with this album. Like I'm not mad at her. Like she's like a young no artist matter. finding her voice. She's figuring out what she wants to say. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think that, like, this contains a a lot of emotional maturity that I, and I told you this before we recorded, but, like, I remember listening to Taylor Swift, like, years ago when she was really young and being like, wow, I'm really interested to see, like, how Taylor Swift grows as a songwriter and a storyteller and, like, what her take on adulthood is. And I don't think that she kind of ever did that. Instead of, like, talking about, like, the realities of adulthood, even in her own, like, way of songwriting and, like, translating that, she kind of just, like, backpedaled into, like, okay, what if I just make up fictional stories now that are dreamy? Because uh, she just can't deal with adulthood in her songwriting yet. Um, and I think that Olivia Rodrigo really demonstrates a lot of, like, emotionally mature things that we also see from, like, a Billie Eilish, I think also kind of, like, like... There's some Regina Spector vibes in here. There's some Florence yeah. and the Machine vibes in here. Uh, Florence. Like, I hope Florence and Olivia are hanging out. I just want Olivia Rodrigo to stop getting compared to Taylor Swift. Also, while I compare her to Taylor Swift, I'm so I was going to say, I, like, like, you mentioned Florence and the Machine, and for me, that makes, like, a way, that's a way more way apt comparison. Way more sense, right? Like, like weird, like, it's not rock, it's not pop, it's, like, and, like, we're talking about falling in love. She's got the sneer. I just wish that the music videos hit that same thing. Throw some grain some, on that shit. Throw some grain. In, just make it dirty. Olivia, let me direct something. Let me direct Drink his videos. blood. Because I think that she gets there in the, in the crafting of the song. The song yeah. is very grunge, but the music video is a little too clean for my liking. Anyway, hope you're okay is a... If if we get from brutal to hope you're okay and that journey makes sense throughout the whole album, I think that is a success. No, she wins. Like like she wins. that's off queen. Like this album hits. While she does talk about this new person that the boy is with, she never really slut shames her. I love the moment where she's like, "I want to slut shame you, but you seem really nice and like you're really pretty." <laughs> yeah. Music has trouble articulating this feeling. Yeah, because in Misery Business, even, like, I think Haley Williams is like, I don't sing that line anymore, or I don't sing Misery Business anymore, which, like, I don't think she has to reckon for that. Like, let let that teenage girl from 10 years ago also have her feelings. And, like, Taylor Swift did it in... Better Than Revenge. Better Than Revenge. I think that, like, Olivia does a really good job of, of, like, reckoning with that for those two. I do think young Gen Z women are a lot more interested in, like, solidarity. I think so, too. So I guess maybe Olivia Rodrigo, like, in getting really specific about how she feels going through the process of a breakup while also understanding that the onus is on 
the person she was in the relationship with and not the person that he ended up with afterwards, wanting to do all those things that she grew up listening to, but knowing that, like, that is not just problematic, but also, like, just not fair to the girl, to the other girl. Um, I guess that does kind of pinpoint where we hope to be right now when we talk about feminism and solidarity and intersectionality. I guess it's bitch time. Do we need, do we want to do bitch time? I think let's just do bitch time and we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's bitch time where we get to just bitch for three minutes. Go. I'm glad Olivia came out with this because Lord has yet to come up with an album to define my 20s. I agree. Yeah. Haley Williams also, every time she released an album, I was like, this is exactly what I need right now. And then Lord did the same thing. And I feel like Olivia is going to like take that on. And just These like a nice breakup thoughts. album. <laughs> like, what? like, I just like, I, I feel like this is maybe, I don't know. Like, has, when was the last time a breakup album came up? Like a breakup album. I love a breakup album. I'm thinking album. of Alanis Morissette is the last, like, time I've heard breakup album, or, like, Adele. Yeah. Fun, sexy, angry breakup album. Yeah, Came I've out, like, a weird a point Z in my life breakup for a breakup album. album. Yeah, Gen Z doesn't have one yet, and yeah. now we do. Gen Z doesn't um, have a breakup one, so this is exciting. It's a breakup album. Yeah, I guess Taylor Swift Taylor covers Swift's a lot the of millennial. millennial. Yeah, now lives here for the can i call her Liv? i named the spider on my arm after her <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tattooed man. spider not like a spider that i just hang out with i figured out my thoughts about emo music and olivia rodrigo and i fucked it up earlier but i figured it out i think that emo music had to cover up the shitty feelings about being a teenager with like Thoughts about their overthrowing the government and like screaming and like huge stakes and like world-ending events and I like that Olivia Rodrigo takes all of those feelings, but gives them to the normal teen stuff and gives it that weight and that emotional, like, gravity without covering it up with analogy about Bro, you're all the doing stuff that emo music right is now. in. Like, I know, but I just realized, okay, but I, okay, but I was thinking about, like, the theatrics of, like, Panic at the Disco and, like, the high stakes of, like, MCR, mm. and I was like, it has all of that, but it gives it to the pain and just, of like, just, raw like, feelings being about a, being a teenager. Yeah. 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 That's it kind of made me miss being out. a teenager, which I, like, don't miss, but you know what? I don't okay, miss actually, them. I have, like, a whole thought about, no, it's too smart, I can't say it. No, I think I, honestly, for intelligence. No, no, I think you're allowed to say it. I uh, fuck, fuck this. We got twenty seconds. This. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. Uh. Are you just gonna make weird noises for I the don't rest? Don't have of anything to say. Seven, six, I'm too smart five, for bitch time four, now. Four, three, two, <laughs> two one. one. It's time for bitch why. It's, it is time for bitch why. where we talk about why yeah um i guess like i think maybe part of the reason this album like resonated so hard and like the reason i'm so excited to be into this album and like like jump on the bandwagon of it 
is because of like kind of the queer second adolescence you get in your 20s where it's like when you grow up as a queer person when you're in your teens a lot of time at least for me I was like really cosplaying as an adult because I was doing a lot of like activism work and I just didn't really do any teenage stuff I was just very busy like working full-time and having shit to do and so like it was very it's very gratifying to listen to something that's kind of encapsulating being a teenager and even though I'm not a teenager it kind of is a nice outlet for like feeling like a teenager and like giving like grace to the teen in me that never really did never really got to be a teen the other albums I've heard that people feel that way with are Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion that like oh all of the failed relationships I had when I was super young now I'm having like healthy relationships and this is what it's like to be in like a healthy nice new like revitalized what my teenagehood could have been but I was too busy being an adult when I was a teenager to enjoy youth and adolescence I I also think she's like self-aware enough like she points at that in the album like the line who am I if not exploited exploited yeah um and like where's my fucking teenage dream I feel like that actually really speaks to something that I think is like particularly a Gen Z vibe of being like fuck like we've got born into this world that's like so messed up and we're constantly talking and thinking about how messed up it is it feels like all of your feelings are so important like and not in like the way like being a teenager is important but like like listening to my siblings talk about the things they're thinking about like they're thinking about climate change and if they're gonna die and like serious shit and it's almost like a really cool like fuck you to the idea that gen z had to grow up like the the idea that like the world forced Gen Z to grow not the idea but like the fact that fuck yeah. you to the adults that made Gen Z grow up too fast because it's like no we are gonna stick in our feels we're gonna spend thirty minutes being a teenager and just caring about being a teenager and then we can go back to our grind thirty four minutes to be exact thirty four <laughs> minutes exact run being time. a teenager. <laughs> I forgot she was on Bizardvark. I never watched it, but she was, like, in this Disney pipeline um, already before High School Musical. And I think she really carries the torch post-Zendaya, post-Miley Cyrus. Because I think a lot of the work that Zendaya had to do, particularly in how she navigated her career post-Disney and, like, with Disney, like, directing episodes of Shake It Up and, like, she was, like, very strategic about how she marketed herself and so she could have agency and then get to go do something like Euphoria and have, like, an adult career. I think Olivia Rodrigo, the fact that she gets to, like, curse on this album, that she gets to, like, talk about exploitation, that she gets to talk about, like, a relationship that wasn't so great to her and her mentally she talks about a lot of like adult or what we perceive to be adult concepts i don't think that she's breaking that disney to pop star pipeline but i do think that she is making it work for her as much as she can while still understanding that she's a part of this pipeline that is inherently exploitative which is interesting and i think that like the women of color in disney have had to do that a lot more strategically. And nobody ever wants, like, the Disney kids to become people. 
And she she says that in Brutal, too. Yeah. Like, exactly. God, it's brutal out here. It is I want to listen to Brutal right now. That's, after, that's what I'm right doing after, after we're this. done recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm to listen to Brutal and feel it. Just get into the vibes. I, I asked a cishet friend of mine um, to cover Driver's License, and he said that he wouldn't because it was like a teenage girl song. Yeah, I think I'm like really reminded of like when I was growing up, the bands I would listen to, even though I wasn't listening to like One Direction or Justin Bieber or whatever, anything that was like liked by a lot of girls, which was like for a long time was like pop punk, like all time long Panic at the Disco and like all those guys, like everyone was like, that's a teenage girl band. But then I'd go to the concerts and I'd be like, there's like people in their 40s here. (laughs) And then there's also like teenage girls. So this is not a teenage girl band or a teenage girl song, you know? One of my, like, 40-something-year-old cishet male co-workers, like, blasts MCR yeah. every day. For some reason, <laughs> for a time, it was like, that's for teenage girls. Fall and this, the whole point of this album, the thesis like, of this album is, like, rights for teenage girls. The tweet Emma Jensen sent me is, eventually you two will get bored of public vulnerability and become interested solely in making your apartment nicer. The The thing that I'm zoning in on is the public vulnerability thing, and I feel like so much of what we do right now, like, in our trying to change the world, is I feel like we're constantly putting, like, our big, deep, hard shit on display, like, the stuff that's, like, hitting us really hard, like, the deep, deep shit. We're constantly having to talk about it in order to, like, teach people about things. Like, we have to talk about what it meant to come out and what it meant to, like, experience abusive relationships and manipulative. Like, we're constantly, like, rolling through that over and over again because, like, we want to be able to teach and talk to people and, like, prove our experiences are valuable and prove that we're enough or enough sad or enough whatever. And so it's kind of nice to just have a collective experience over something that's not, like the most important thing for something that's not actively like festering yeah i mean why do we get super obsessed with like celebrity drama right like why did everyone freak out when jennifer lopez and ben affleck got back together it's like ooh, i can focus on this like silly relationship that i'm not even involved in or this silly relationship that i would like to get super invested in so that i don't have to deal with like the actualities of like what it means to be living right now in this world and i can blow this thing out of proportion it's like meditation kind of it's <laughs> like maybe like meditation that's not good for you it listening to sour is like sharing a bottle of wine with someone who you really care about and trust yeah because it's like like i don't know should you split a bottle of wine between two people maybe not i've done that but many like, times i know like we be splitting bottles of wine that's how you that's how you get fun drunk that's exact that's yeah. for someone my size in, in case anyone wants to estimate like what i like <laughs> look like in real life <laughs> um, it's for someone my size half a bottle of wine is exactly the amount of drunk i want to be exactly it's fun it's flirty it's hot girl shit it's makes you cry or laugh and it's not, like, everything in your life. Since we're in Bitch Why, I think that we all did this, where we all got, like, very invested in this love triangle between Olivia and Joshua I'm Bassett. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know shit Carpenter. about the love triangle. Okay, I know way too much, because it just Thank you. blew up on the internet. 
uh, when it happened, because then Sabrina released the, so- the song Skin. And I remember hearing song- about that and thinking yeah, it was dumb. It was very dumb. And the song Skin is bad and sounds like it was written in 20 minutes and recorded in less than that, and then just dropped out into the world because she felt like she needed to reply to that song. That's my feelings about it. I think that this 23-year-old woman should not be attacking a 17-year-old girl. I think that's silly, and it was dumb. But interesting, we for years did this to Taylor Swift where, like, we would constantly obsess over, like, okay, this song I know is about Jake Gyllenhaal, or this song is about Harry Styles, or this song is about so-and-so. And we would hound her for it, but never got a response from any of those people that those songs were about. If I was the person that just got kind of dumped really badly, I don't want to hear the response song from the girl he supposedly left me for, you know? And it's like, know your fucking place. Like, I, I, if I did that and then heard from the girl that or the multiple girls that the person I was dating at the time like cheated on me with I would not I don't want to know what they think I don't care and like also it's like not about you I think like the thing that pissed me off about that is like one of the like thesis theses of this album is like is like it's not about her it's about this guy and like this girl it's not her fault like she was just like had a crush on him and same and like to take that situation and be like, oh, I can capitalize off of this. Like, I am the important person in this situation. This is attacking me when it so clearly wasn't. I was just like, relax. I will say a lot of people did like probably like tweet at Sabrina Carpenter for that week and like did probably get on her nerves. But then I think that the adult thing to do because she is the adult in this situation is not to then go and attack a child in a song that you wrote in 20 minutes. And I and I hope that moving forward, we don't allow this one relationship with Joshua Bassett. Like, I hope that Olivia Rodrigo is not defined by this relationship drama with Joshua Bassett. And I don't think she will be. Yeah, I, like, hope that, like, like so many women in music have made a point of, like, rejecting that narrative. Like, Taylor mm-hmm. Swift in particular is, like, an easy mention because, like, that was her entire thing is like i write songs about men who you know now i don't stop talking about me writing songs about men you know yeah i just hope that olivia doesn't have to deal with that same that same stuff i hope that we can move past that i think there's a lot of instances where women in music like a lot of indie musicians who are women get put into like sad girl bands and they're like okay i'm not a sad girl band or I'm not, I'm not a sad girl like songwriter I'm sorry that like that's now a genre that now is only exclusive to just women and just breaks us down into the like the the most easy to explain form but that's like way less like that's not what I do so I think that like just women in music in general get pigeonholed a lot and then also get a lot of shit for the songs they write and so I hope that we just don't, let's just not do that moving forward. I just want to say this out loud and put it in the universe. Yeah. We should cover Blonde. Oh, we should cover Blonde. I feel like that's Yeah, I feel it. like that's it. That's that. That was a good, good place to end it. So in lieu of the bitch meter this week, because like representation albums, what does that even mean? How do you represent? Yeah. We, yeah. we will be rating Sour on the bangometer, which is... 
a special metric we learned we we reapplied math to give to you so <laughs> to, to to just kind of like describe and like put into like numerical evidence like what how much of a banger the album is Neetha on the bangometer what did you give sour no i don't want to do it individually i think we should just agree on okay one. we're gonna give it a 1000 on the bangometer boom fantastic it's, it's 1000 i'd say it's 1000 almost no skips no skips yeah Good like barely her. any skips and like really the skips are just when i'm not like emotionally ready to yeah. hear the songs <laughs> are we getting harris's hot take right now oh we should let me call him let's see if he'll pick up hi harris <laughs> hello i know it's been a while uh but i think we needed a break you know yeah um that happens we all need a break we all need a little break we were wondering if we could get your hot take on Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Sour. Oh, I think y'all are going to get mad at me. <gasps> no. I didn't we really know. like it, but <gasps> I really liked that song, Brutal, the first song. And I was kind of disappointed that the rest of the album wasn't like that. I wanted some more punk Scott Pilgrim-y vibes. You know, um, all, that's good valid. Literally, and fuck that. Harris also, can't hear me right now, so I'm I just think I don't that. really care as much as a lot of the other people I know because I've never been in love, you know? Ooh, um, Harris. And I think it, yeah, I've never, like, had that strong of an opinion on a man before. So, oh, and also, why everybody's like, oh, it's so dramatic, but also, that man is old and should have not been with her. No, okay, he's like that's my two cents. Is Aren't okay? they like two years apart? Yeah, they're not. I don't that know, far but she was still underage, right? Yeah, he was. He were turned. They were together. Yeah, but was sick. I mean, he, he he was like eighteen, or he was turning eighteen, and she was like turning sixteen. <sighs> that's not that bad. Like I guess that's similar maturity. It's probably not yeah. terrible, but you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not here to like, call that man a like pedophile. Yeah, he he's was, not like, a pedophile. A child. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. No, but I, you know what? I I will I will say that um I would be excited to see Olivia go into like more pop punk. Yes. Yes, cuz yeah. it was so fun. It is very I fun. It. I think she's doing I think she does a really good job of that, yeah. which is cool cuz it's not a want. mainstream sound a lot of the time. No, I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. Okay. Right. I have know. to go. All right. But perfect. I love you, I love you. I love you Tell too. Him I love you. Gaia says Tell they love you. I I love Gaia as well. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye, Bye. All right. A that, interesting take. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, but like I will say that like the moral of this episode is people like all of us getting slightly too close to our actual personal lives. Mm. But that's interesting. Is it? I thought it was interesting to see um, how it affected not us. <laughs> Lies. Um. Anyway. <laughs> all right. What are you working on right now? Tell me what's going uh, on. <laughs> call back for this thing that's like very important to me. And I'm nervous. Um, You're going to kill it. You've already got it. <laughs> I, we hope. We hope. We can only hope. I'm going to say it because you won't. Yeah, anyway, I'm just working on that. And then, like, uh, I'm in Stone Street with Caitlin. So we're doing some acting for film. And I'm trying to get over looking at my face on a screen and being like, I like that. It's hard. Anyway, what are you working on? Well, uh, my roommate and I spent, like, an hour this afternoon cleaning bones. So, bones. 
Um, wait, also, whose bones? <laughs> there's like a field on the island that's full of bones of various creatures. So terrifying. So we went and collected a bunch and we cleaned them. That's so um, And then I'm kind of low-key entering like the really early, early, early pre-production on play, a play that I've written. Um, and I'm excited about it. I'm going to do some okay. production work this I, I um, I'm going into classical if you're an NYU student. You know that in classical, you're not allowed to do anything. I'm going into pre-production. Everything's great. Um, and I work on a farm. I work, I work a lot. Take a I shot. I work a lot. Take a shot for me Take working a on a farm, but like truly. Take a shot and pour one out for you. Pour one out because like I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I work 10 to 14 day weeks now. All right. We're going to wrap this up so you can lie down. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people follow you? Fellas, you can follow me on Instagram at Guy Rose River or Guy River Rose, depending on what you want from me. Sick. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Neetha underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. You can follow the Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram or Twitter at Bitch Why Podcast or email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. Please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. All of the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor and co-producer and gay god, Cameron, and our graphic designer, Jillian. Ah, good night, bitches. <sighs> good night, bitches. <laughs>